Stories from a Hard Place is an anthology podcast. Every Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another story from a hard place, read by the author. Stories of loneliness and betrayal, of false hope and shattered dreams, of gifts and regrets, of love and accidental kindness. Each story follows a separate path that leads to the realization that sometimes the only solution is a lead pill. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Episode 29, The Refusal. This is part three of a three-part telling. She knew the day her mother was going to die. The knowing came to her one morning as she was finishing helping her mom bake fresh bread. She had hugged her mom as she went out for her morning walk. She felt it in the air saw it in the way the sunlight bounced off the curl of a tree leaf. She knew its coming days before, in the texture of the snow on the early morning walk, in the arch of a swallow's flight. She sensed it in the taste of her morning tea and the way dew dripped off the blades of grass. She tried giving her mother life, pushing it forward into her through light touches on her shoulders, but it floated out of her like sparks from a fire, rising up from her mum to float away. Her mom was sick. She could feel the sickness in Alice like a black, writhing mass. The doctors had so many words for what was wrong with her. So many words, so many explanations, reasons, but no solutions. Terry knew she could taste her mom and knew her time was done, that her power had run its course. Standing in a room in the same hospital that Terry had been years before, back from the dead, she watched her mother's energy disperse into the world around becoming part of all things once again. She turned from the husk that had been her mother and walked out of the hospital, walked among the trees, feeling her mother in every leaf and branch in every tree. She walked with her mother until she became part of the world. Later, after the funeral, Terry met her aunt. She had heard about her strange aunt that lived in a cord in a little house at the edge of the village, but she had never met her. Something had happened between her mother and the aunt long ago, and they never spoke. Terry was standing alone, dressed in black, when the aunt walked up to her and said, Hi, Terry. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm your Aunt Sharon. Terry looked up at the tall, slim woman with the very long gray hair down to her waist. Terry turned and smiled. It's nice to meet you, she extended her hand. I'm Terry. Sharon looked at the extended hand, smiled, and looked up at Terry. I know you is, little one. She looked at Terry for a long minute. Looks like I should have come to see you sooner. She paused and looked down. Guess I know when it happened. I read you died, and then you were alive again. A lot of confusion around you. You seem to have found your way, though. But I could have probably helped some. Sharon reached out and took Terry's hand. Her hand was warm and dry, but no power. Just a hand, nothing more. Sharon smiled. Were you expecting something more? She winked. Terry looked at Sharon. Why don't you stop by for tea next week? Sharon asked. Sure, that would be perfect, Terry said. The next week, Terry drove into a cord and looked for Sharon's little house. She knew more or less where it was. With only 19 streets in the village, it wasn't difficult to find. 
It was on the north of the village and backed up to a large protected forest. It was a pretty house, painted light blue and white. Terry parked in front and walked up to the front door. As she approached the front door, she heard Sharon's voice from the back of the house. Out here! Come around the side, through the gate. Terry walked around the house through the gate and walked into paradise. It was a garden like she had never seen, at once wild and untamed, but that was a carefully planned look. It had been meticulously considered and laid out. Terry marveled at the diversity of plant life growing in profusion everywhere. She soon realized this was not an ornamental garden. It was very pretty, but this was a garden with purpose. Each plant and flower had its very specific use, and each had been chosen with careful intent. Some plants she knew, many she did not. She knew willow bark, garlic, self-heal, feverfew, willow, and lavender. She knew how to use sage, peppermint, goosegrass, bone set, and dandelion. These were common enough. Some even her mum had known. But there were plants in this garden she'd never seen before. Welcome, she said as she stood up, gathering plants in a plastic bin from the ground beside her. Once again, Terry admired the grace in which Sharon moved. She moved like a much younger woman. She had been Terry's mum's older sister, which put her in her early seventies. What are you smiling about, little one? Sharon asked. Terry didn't reply. She closed her eyes and opened herself to the garden and to Sharon. Immediately she was flooded with stories, volumes of emotion. She allowed herself to fill with the power that surrounded her. The garden was a maze of power, an intricate design even more carefully planned than Terry had first thought. Feeling it revealed that it had been designed with power in mind for the collection and the storage of energy of every conceivable type. When Terry turned her attention to Sharon, she found a hole, a blank space that she could not feel. Terry knew Sharon was right in front of her. When she felt for her with power, she was a Sharon-shaped blank spot in the world. My, my, you are very powerful indeed. Come, let's go in for a spell and have tea. I've been in the sun all morn, and I need a sit-down, Sharon said. They walked to the back door of the little house. The door was open with no screen door. They walked through, Sharon pausing to slip off her boots. They were standing in a walled porch with a large, many-paned window along one side. Under the window was a table that ran the length of the porch. The table was covered with potted plants of every description. Terry recognized none of them. Terry followed Sharon, who padded barefoot, into a large room. It had a wood-burning stove almost in the middle of the room. It was sparsely decorated with two broken-down, comfortable-looking armchairs draped with blankets, and a harvest table with a couple of wooden chairs covered with books and papers, and a heavy, weighted-down bookcase in the corner. Terry breathed in when she felt the raw, bright power that pulsed from the books and papers. Some books vibrated where they sat, excited to reveal their secrets, some amber and gold, others more jewel-toned, they glowed with energy and welcome. Sharon watched Terry closely, appraising, measuring, observing. Sit, Sharon said and went into the small kitchen and busied herself getting a heavy black pot on the stove. Terry sat in one of the chairs. It curled around her protectively. She felt safe and warm. After a second, Sharon returned and sat opposite Terry. So, Terry, 
I see you have a bit of understanding of the power within you, Sharon said, a glance indicating the bookshelf. I, yes, I guess I do. I mean, I do, Terry said. Sharon studied her. You saw your mum's death. Oh, wait, Sharon said, rising to take the whistling pot off the stove. She returned with a teapot and two mugs swinging at her side. Yes, Terry said. Sharon sat and smiled at Terry. I saw it as well. I saw you, too. I felt your birth. I saw the moment the power touched you. I saw you accept it. I felt the wind shift in the earth quiver. She poured the tea into the mugs and offered one to Terry. Terry took the mug and looked at Sharon, waiting for her to continue. Sharon sat and sipped her tea, looking at Terry. Terry looked at her mug and took a sip. It was very good tea. She could recognize some of the ingredients, chamomile, lavender, lemon balm, passionflower, holy basil, and tamarack were easy, but there was something else. Hops, licorice, and St. John's wort, Sharon said, as if answering a question Terry hadn't asked. Terry nodded, letting the tea do its work. She relaxed as the warmth of the tea filled her. She looked at the tea, then opened herself to it. The tea was full of power. It swelled inside her, swirling with color. Sharon smiled at Terry's obvious pleasure at the tea. So beautiful, Terry said, watching the colors spin in and out of her mug. After a minute, she asked, Why are you hiding from me? Hiding? Sharon answered over her mug. They sat quietly for a minute. Terry watched Sharon with the power. Okay, yes, I'm masking myself from you. I didn't expect you to be as strong as you are. Sharon leaned back in her chair and looked at her mug. I was a little older than you when I received the power. Something had happened, she paused. I went to the crossroads and I sold my soul to have power to take vengeance. The judge gave me something I never expected. I'm embarrassed now to say I did not take to the power like you. I did some horrible things before I found balance. Terry watched with the power, and slowly Sharon revealed herself. I was so angry. I hurt people, some very badly. I hurt your mother, not with the power but with words. She never really forgave me, and I don't blame her. Now it's no longer important. Sharon looked down. Terry could see Sharon now. She glowed brighter than anyone Terry had ever looked at. Sharon's power was massive. It eclipsed anything Terry had thought possible. But there was a dark spot right in the center of Sharon's being, like a dark hole, as if a fire had burned out the middle of her, leaving a blackened, carved-out area that seemed to radiate dark and cold. Terry pulled back from it with a gasp. Yes, that's my shame. Part of it is something I created, and some of it grew from where the power came from. I had only one task to complete for the judge, but that was enough for me. What he asked of me did not seem too bad on the surface, but now, in hindsight, I realize how terrible it was. Terry watched Sharon's power waver. It was then that Terry saw what Sharon had been hiding. She was dying. Terry watched Sharon, the energy in her pulsed, never changing, but her body was worn thin, like skin drawn too tightly across bones. She would be dead soon, very soon. 
Ah, you see, Sharon said. Yes, my time is near. I have known for some time. Now there's so little time to give you all I need to give you. Sharon rose. Come, I have something for you. She crossed the room to the bookcase and pulled down a large handmade book with thin wood covers and heavy paper. The book glowed with rainbows of power. This will give you much of what you need to take care of the garden and the house. I am leaving this all to you. It is my seat of power, and it will be yours. You will need it if what I see in your future is true. My future? Terry asked. Sharon smiled. Yes, with enough focus, some futures can be glimpsed. It's not very accurate, but the touch can be helpful. Here. She handed the book to Terry, who took it carefully in both hands. She held it for a moment, then looked at Sharon, then opened herself to the book and pulled the words into herself. Now it was Sharon's turn to gasp. I had a glimpse of the possibility. I never thought it would be that powerful. Terry looked up. Her eyes shone with a new knowledge that poured into her. Maybe this won't be as difficult as I feared, Sharon said and smiled, impressed. Sharon gestured to her books and papers. Terry stepped forward, eager to draw in the knowledge, eager for the warmth to flood her. She extended her hands, touching the books and papers lightly. The amount of power here arced her back, bending her spine till her head was thrown back, and she gasped at the sheer volume of power. After a time, her head came forward. White sparks danced around her fingers and her eyelashes. She was floating inches off the floor. Terry turned to Sharon and smiled. She glowed brightly, and Sharon, mouth open, stared at Terry. From then on, Terry visited every day. They worked in the garden, talked about magics, and drank tea. Terry found she liked Sharon for the most part, but there was a side that Sharon kept secret, locked away, a place Sharon would never reveal nor talk about. Terry knew it was there, saw its shadow in Sharon, but it was something to do with the judge, but that is as far as she knew. A few weeks later, Sharon died. She, like her sister, died as she lived. The only difference was where Terry's mum had been gentle, Sharon was not. They were sitting in the garden, talking quietly when the day came. Terry, have a life. Get married, have kids, get a dog. I don't know, just a life. Whatever a life means to you, don't let the power take that away from you. I let it rule me. It's no good, Sharon said. When the time came, Sharon smiled. Terry opened herself to the power. She watched as Sharon separated from her power, the power flashing bright white and spread out. She exploded. The shockwave rocketed outward, then crashed back, and Sharon was gone. The man that came to visit stepped into the garden, radiating with darkness. It was late on a fine spring afternoon. She was working in Sharon's garden, even after all these years, she still looked around the garden and saw Sharon's hand. The garden told her he was coming. He walked around the house, through the gate, dressed in a fine dark suit and smiling. The garden flinched as he slowly walked along the path toward Terry. She hadn't seen him since the night he gifted her the power, but his presence was everywhere she went. 
His poison had spread through the area in an expanding black cloud. With her sight, she could see the marked as they went about their day. She could see the ash on their forehead, a burnt spot where their soul once could look out at the world, not blinded and destined to belong to the judge. The judge smiled his perfectly polished smile. Terry, my girl, how have you been? Terry sat very still, watching him walk through the garden, a small creature in the presence of a predator. I was right. You have become very powerful, he looked at her. Yes, very powerful. He looked around the garden. I can feel her here still, in places. I saw when she released the power. She was such a good servant. He surveyed the garden and the house. It was nice. She left this for you. Terry sat very still. She could feel his power. It was vastly deeper than her own. A well of darkness, the depth of which she could never have fathomed. She probed, looking for something. With herself open, she pushed at the edges of him, looking for a weak spot. She found none. You don't have to do that. We're not enemies. How could we? You are me. The power that flows through you is of me, from me. I gave it to you. I am your creator. There's no need to fight me. Besides, I only have one small request of you this day, a tiny thing. Calmly, Terry continued looking in the shadows of this creature. I am not of you, she said. There was something, something he was hiding. She could see that. Things were not as she first thought. He had a secret. Something that shone like silver. Silver coins, maybe. It was fuzzy. The judge sensed her probe. He closed himself. Terry, Terry, why do you insist on pushing back? The judge stepped forward, smiling. What do you possibly think is going to happen? Sharon was one of the most powerful servants I have known. You are not Sharon. She did what she was asked. Yes, she had her moments, but in the end, she did as she was bidden, even if she hated herself for it. Terry started pulling in power. She was grateful she was barefooted. Her toes dug into the grass. She would have to pull in as much as fast as she could before he saw she gathered around herself, making a wall around herself to draw in when it was time. Your gran used to say, If a dog bites you, then there's a lead pill for that. I don't want to have to put you down. She shoved herself upright to a standing position and completely opened her being. She reached down into the earth. Not to the earth itself, that she could not do, but to the thousands of tiny creatures below her. She pulled hearing, regretting their sacrifice. She pulled like she had never done before. She ignored the rising blackness in front of her and reached out to the garden. She stretched herself out and pulled all the power stored there, years of power stored by her and by Sharon before her. It rushed into her, filling her. She wasn't sure she could contain the power she gathered, but she knew it was just for a heartbeat. As powerful as she was, the black mass in front of her dwarfed her tiny light. When the dark touched the edges of her, she flinched. 
It burned, not of heat but of cold, a cold so deep and vast it seemed it would erase everything. As fast as she could, with every ounce of strength she had built up over the years since she had lay on that cold pavement, she pulled in power. She reached further out, touching on the house, reaching into the house to the books and the papers, pulling from them the stored power that still hid within those pages. Further still, she reached across the street and pulled power from the neighbor's dog, from a mouse that ran along the side of the garage, from a passing hawk, making it falter in the air before it flew on. With all the gathered power she pushed back, and knew instantly it wouldn't be enough, not nearly enough. The darkness that bore down on her was as vast as the depth of an ocean, deep and black. Its resources were unlimited. This creature had the power of hell behind it. How could she possibly prevail against such an ancient power? She pushed harder, unleashing everything she felt herself fail. She began to shrink under the black. She thought of Sharon and how she too failed. She thought of her mother and how she'd never touched the power she could have had. She felt her mother then, just a small, warm nugget inside her. She saw her mother's first smile at her when she was just born. It was slightly blurred, viewed with brand new eyes, but the pure, honest joy shone from them. The warmth in her grew. She felt the hug of her mother in the kitchen for no reason other than to share love. She felt the darkness pause. She saw Sharon, who had bequeathed everything to her, even her power. She remembered Sharon's last words to her. Get a life. Terry had smiled, knowing that that wasn't in the cards for her, knowing she would live alone in this house Sharon built, waiting for the day, the day the judge came to take her. And now that it had come, she felt for the dream that Sharon had given her. Yes, her life would be filled with love and acceptance, just not the way Sharon had seen. Terry stopped pushing and opened herself. She opened to the power below. She opened herself to the earth. She touched what terrified her, the power that rested below her, so massive it overwhelmed everything, a planet-sized power that she feared just because of its sheer immensity. But when she accepted the power... Sure that it would be her end, she found she was wrong. It did not simply wash over her. It did not erase her. It embraced her. The gentle power slipped warmth in her. She felt the warmth, felt the acceptance, and the love fill her. She knew nothing could touch her. She was safe. The blackness flinched and pulled back. The dark surged forward, slamming into her with no effect. Terry stood in the middle of a great swirling black void, untouched, wrapped in the power greater than the dark. Suddenly the dark receded and vanished. When Terry's feet touched the grass, it crackled dryly. She opened her eyes. The judge was gone, not defeated, but refused for now. Terry looked around the garden. Her spring garden, with all its fresh bright green, was now brown as winter. She had taken almost its all. She walked carefully among the brown, dry plants, feeling their fragile, burnt stalks and leaves. She cried for what she had done. The power in the garden was gone, burnt up in a second of pushing. It would take years to regrow it, and some things would never return. They were of Sharon, and Terry had no knowledge of them. She slipped to her knees and touched the grass. 
Tentatively, she reached out, opening herself. It was difficult. Before, she could open herself like opening her hand. Now, she struggled to find the mechanism. She managed to open herself in a small way. She could feel the power. It was distant and faint, but it was there. She searched around herself, in the ground. She could feel the small creatures trying to recover from the onslaught she had inflicted upon them. She was grateful only a few had died. After a few minutes, she rose and went in. She put the kettle on and looked at her books and papers, now blank and void of any power. These she had drained completely. She felt sadness at the loss. There would be no return for these. The magic no longer in these books and no longer in her. Some of the magic was still in her, buried deep. She could feel it, even though she could not access it. That, too, would take time. The kettle boiled. She poured herself a tea and sat in one of the comfy chairs. The tea was also weakened, but it was warm and still had a small amount of power she needed. She sipped and smiled at her future, now really hers, at least for a while. I hope you've enjoyed the conclusion of The Refusal. Tune in next week for Radio SHP 666, Back Road Radio, the voice of Hard Place. Music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2021. If you would like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you'd like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it on Amazon. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up.